Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, your mama and me RD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and intuitive eaters. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it, but honestly, the 30 seconds Instagram gave me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, and fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short, but I plan on answering your actual real-life questions using your examples. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right. Hey, hey, mamas. Um, welcome back. Today, I'm super excited about our topic and we're going to jump right in because honestly, when I thought about starting this podcast, this was a topic that stood out in my mind that I wanted to make sure to talk to you guys about. So today, we're going to cover how to get your spouse or your partner on board. So I know a lot of you reach out to me on Instagram. And if you're not following me there, I'm at Mama and Me RD. So check me out there. But a a lot of you reach out to me on Instagram and tell me that you struggle implementing some of the things I recommend because your partner or spouse kind of will come in at the last minute and completely what feels like undo everything you just did. So I totally understand and can set up that scene of you trying to use low pressure techniques, offer something but not make it a big deal. And you're like, yes, this is the time. This is the time they're going to try broccoli. And then all of a sudden your husband sits down and says, hey, kiddo, make sure to eat that broccoli so you're nice and strong or something along those lines. Because the reason why I can paint this picture so well is because it's happened in my home. So it's actually pretty funny. One of the reasons I started a podcast specifically was because my husband listens to podcasts and I try to teach him these things. And it's not that he's not willing to learn, but he's not in this world like I am. He doesn't quite understand it. He's not on Instagram, so he doesn't follow me there. And we've had several conversations about it, but sometimes it's hard for me to get my point across fully. And a lot of times I catch things in the moment that I want to talk to him about, but I don't want to do it in front of the kids. So one of the reasons why I started the podcast was A, so that he could learn alongside me and um, we could have a great place to connect over some of these issues, but also to create this podcast for you guys to then share with people who are around your children or even other mom friends of yours who could use this podcast as a resource. So with that being said, I completely understand you. I've been there and I want you to know that it is completely possible to get on the same page, especially with an eating plan or anything with your partner or spouse. And today I'm going to give you some tips and tricks to do just that. Okay, so the first thing I want to tell you to do is to have this conversation completely separate from your kids. Wait until they go to bed. Wait until they're having a sleepover at grandma and grandma's house. Whatever the situation might be, make sure that you're not talking about this in the same room as your kids or even within earshot. Secondly, I want you to make sure that any comments in the moment at the table that are said that you don't agree with or you want to bring up later, 
don't do it in the moment. Wait until after the kids have gone to bed or out of the room, out of earshot, and then bring it up. And you do it in a really um, approachable way, in a way that you are just trying to learn. Hey, I noticed you said X, Y, and Z. Can we talk about that a little bit more? What I see is that this could be troublesome in these ways. And then what were you thinking behind that? And a lot of times we aren't thinking, right? It's an emotional experience to eat with our kids. And a lot of times we respond out of that emotion. So sometimes just having that talk and reminding us that our words have meaning and we need to choose them carefully is super important. So that's tip number one, do it away from your kids because in front of your kids, you want to make sure that you're on the same page because they will pick you apart if they notice that you guys are giving different answers. Can I get an amen? Okay, so when you've decided to have this conversation, whatever time's convenient for you guys, the first thing I want you to do is try to set some long-term goals. So look at it as, okay, when our kids move out of our house and are on their own, what type of eaters do we want them to be? What do we want them to be able to do for themselves in terms of cooking or putting together a plate, grocery shopping, meal planning, all those sorts of things? What do we want that to look like for them? And making sure that throughout the time that they're in our house and under our roof, we're able to teach them some of those skills. So start with the end, a really big picture, and then you want to start to narrow it down so that you guys get on the same page as far as what the end product will look like. Once you have the end product in mind, you want to start to set some guidelines around the way that you talk and the way that you serve food. These are two things that if you follow me here with the podcast or on my Instagram or in my email list, you're going to see I talk about all the time is a lot of people talk about how to present food. Not a lot of people talk about how to talk about food. They're both, I believe, equally important. So starting to set some strategies in place and some boundaries in place around how we talk about food at the table and how we present food is going to be kind of your structure around what type of um, parenting you're going to have around the table. So what I recommend is suggesting following the division of responsibility. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend it. I will link it in the show notes below. You can just click to listen. Um, As far as that goes after the division of responsibility, I think setting up guidelines about what to do when scenarios. So what to do when they ask for candy, what to do when they ask for more, what to do when they're hungry and it's not a meal and snack time. And along that line, setting up a meal and snack schedule that works for your family that you both agree to. Something that I do think is very pertinent and helpful if you have the time to have the conversation is talk about how each of you were raised around the table. Talk about what kind of rules that were in place at your house. Um, I think this is really important because a lot of times when we don't have a plan, we default to how we were raised around the table. So a lot of times you'll see something come out of your partner's mouth that you're like, where did that come from? We've never said that before. I've never heard that before. And a lot of times it comes from their childhood and how they were raised. So you may have an experience where your partner was raised very differently around the table than you were or very similarly. So just talking about kind of those behind the scenes um, experiences is really helpful to see where the other person is coming from. And along with this, um, being really open-minded. So you want to respect where the other person is coming from and ask them why their intentions are what they are. 
So what their priorities are. At sitting at the table, what are your expectations? Do you expect them to finish their plate? If so, then we need to modify how we're offering the plate or adjust that expectation. Are your expectations that they take a bite of everything? Do you expect a no thank you bite? Do you expect a thank you every time you cook? Do you expect to talk all about the food? Do you expect to not talk about the food at all? All these sorts of things that you need to make sure you're on the same page with, or at least you know what the other one is expecting, so we can kind of modify some of those expectations. So like I said, I think the division of responsibility is super important. Setting up a meal and snack schedule is very important. And then I also believe getting on the same page with the idea that they can be an independent eater and they are the masters of their own body and they know when they're full and when they're hungry and to honor those requests at those meal and snack times. I think that's a really important place to get on the same page because that will make things easier when they do ask for more food or different food or food outside the schedule. If you both are on the same page with that, I think a lot of those other things would kind of follow suit. Okay, so the last and final tip I want to talk to you about today is role playing. So this can be a really great tool to figure out how you're going to respond in a situation before it happens or after a situation has happened at the table. And like I was saying earlier, you might want to jump in and say something and throw your hands up and go, what are you doing? You're undoing everything I just said. Instead of doing that, hold on to that example and use it later where you can say, okay, I realize this issue keeps coming up. How can we both handle it so that we're on the same page and we get the um, response or the outcome that we want? Um, What can we do differently? And then actually role play it. I know that this might feel silly to you sometimes, but I cannot tell you how helpful it is when my husband and I actually go through the different scenarios of, okay, but what if he says this? And what if he does that? I'm saying he because it's my toddler, my four-year-old, that we mostly do this with. Not so much the nine-month-old baby, but we'll see. But it's so helpful to have a plan in place so that you know how to respond while still being on the same page and still striving after that end goal, that big picture goal that you both have agreed to. Okay, so if you need help with this, I have linked a clickable, downloadable resource down below that I created for you to help make this process a little bit easier and given you some examples of guidelines that I think would be helpful in your home if you're following my low pressure techniques. Um, I think these would be helpful ones to follow and get on the same page. If you're struggling for wording, I've also included some um, great sentences in there or, you know, conversation starters. I know it can be really hard. Food is really emotional. So you want to make sure that you're coming at it with a scope of I'm trying to do what's best for our kid. I know you are too. A lot of times the pressure techniques that we see, including praising, including asking them to clean their plate encouraging them to take bites of food, things like that, it's oftentimes coming out of a place of love. And we all know that, right? We've been there. I've done it. And it's coming from a place of, I care about them. I want them to be nourished. So really that end goal is the same. We want to take care of our kids and nourish them and make sure that they grow healthy and strong and whole and complete, right? That is exactly what all of our goal is. So having that common goal makes this conversation a little bit easier As long as we go into it, giving them that grace and that understanding that likely what they did that you feel like undid all the work you've been doing is actually coming from a place of love. So making sure that you're coming at it 
open-minded and calm and collected and coming from a place of how can I understand that further and how can we tailor it so that we're both doing the same thing and chasing the same goal. Something that you'll notice that I included on there are some um, you statements versus I statements. It's always more helpful to use the word I instead of you. You can come off a little attacking and a little judgmental. So instead of saying you made them clean their plate, you can say something like, I feel like when we encourage them to clean their plate, it causes X, Y, Z. Okay, so I hope today's episode was helpful for you. I tried to keep it nice and short and give you some really tangible tips to start today to try and get your spouse on board. I also encourage you to share this podcast with them or my Instagram um, account with them as well. I do think it's really helpful when you're both consuming the same media, especially separately is really helpful so that you can both process it and then talk about it later. So I encourage you to do that or find a different resource that works for you and share that with them as well. I think that is extremely helpful. So with that being said, I hope this is helpful for you and I will see you next Wednesday. Until next time, mamas. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring some peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your hashtag mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on my Instagram at mama and me rd. That's mama dot dot me underscore rd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have. Email me at alyssa at mama and me rd dot com. Until next week, mamas.